Good morning and welcome back to another episode of the Talking League podcast. As always, I'm Shane Campbell and alongside me I've got Jared Buckle as well as Ashton Lima. Boys, how are we doing? Oh, not too bad. Good to be back. I think it's it's been a couple of months since I've been on the show, uh, but I'm glad to be back. Yeah, Jared took his little sabbatical. <laughs> said he was being tired of us apparently yeah no, it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so guys we as some of you know i had a surgery to my knee and we have to podcast from my house so if you hear dogs barking they are not attacking us it's just our dogs being dogs so please if you excuse that background sound Ashley, how about you fire us away boys? i'm good i'm good um i'm ready for this beautiful interview um i'm gonna do for the first question okay I'm going to go for a controversial uh, one. I want to see um, how could we introduce the system of male and female leagues merging to have both genders playing together? Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, why don't you just start off with a more difficult question? Um, Jay, I don't know what you think about no, that. Well, I've seen it before in youngsters, but I think as soon as they hit teenage years, things start to change and uh, that's when they go their separate ways. And it is for valid reasons because I think women and men's football are very different in certain aspects. Um, and I think that's just to keep it as is. But I have seen it in the youngsters and it works really well with, yeah. with kids as well because I think um, kids are at an equal physicality right the way through. Not to say that uh, women aren't physical, it's just it's a different type of physicality, I guess. That's true. For me, I'm going to start off with this and ask, do they share the same change room? <laughs> that, that's only... <laughs> no, for real, think about it. Like, I, I, I feel like there might be... Uh, some people that will be comfortable sharing the same change room, but obviously you've got to respect everyone's decision. So now they're going to get dressed in different change rooms, meet in another change room for a team meeting, and yeah. then go out and play. Um, so yeah, we, we've all seen it at uh, younger age levels in junior football, and I think it's accepted there. Uh, but also, I'm, myself as a defender, I know when we defend in a corner, sort of put hands on the striker that you're marking yeah. just so that you know that you're there and you try and do anything to distract him <laughs> i'm not going to say where you feel him and touch him <laughs> yeah. in there but you can't do that to a female yeah. um, so for me and a female can't do it to you well, <laughs> yeah i suppose um, so, <laughs> so for me i'm going to say i don't think it would work uh, at senior level uh, jay what's your final verdict on that yeah um senior le- level is quite difficult so it would be something cool like i think for like uh, certain aspects like the social game i know yeah. we've done it indoor and it's an absolute blast uh, i absolutely like love it so much um but like outdoor as a like a more of a professional kind of atmosphere um i don't really see it working um but yeah with the kids 100 um that's how they learn it's fantastic yeah, and uh, that's how you make great footballers. Absolutely. Okay, Ashton, fire away with number two. Then. Number two, um, having the World Cup every two years instead of four years. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right in and say hell to the no, because that means there's going to be more international friendlies, <clears throat> which means there's going to be less Premier League, uh, FA Cup, and Carabao Cup football, yes. which for me is a no go. <laughs> I, I know the international stars they. There's so much pride playing for their country and all of that. But at the same time, I'm telling you now, 9 out of 10 of those guys prefer playing club football over international football. It's a, that's the pinnacle for them. I mean, that's their bread and butter for nine months of the year. Yeah. And now to go and sacrifice that, we're going to be paying much less to play international football. For, 
I, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, Joe, what do you reckon? Um, I also don't think it'll work. I think the fact that it happens every four years uh, gets me like really excited because um, I, th- I think it will take the, the special, what's the word, like the, the greatness of the competition to yeah. happen more often. So now you've got to wait four years. So when it does come around, there's so much hype built around it because you haven't seen it for four years. So, um, and it's just the magic of, of the World Cup, you know. It's like, special. Like, yeah, it's special. And, uh, and to say that you've won a World Cup, Let's say in a lifetime, you'll probably, I mean, you'll, you, you won't see many, to be honest. Mm. Like, yeah, does that make sense? Like every yeah. four years. It's not like a Premier League that happens. You have a, a season every year, virtually. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's in some, some countries, you, their local league even happens twice a year. So they have three months and a break, and three months again. Yeah. And their league spread over three months because there's not that many teams happening. Yeah. And it's not that exciting because just saw your team win and then all of a sudden it's back, back, to, to, <laughs> back to square one yeah. a couple of months later so um, it also helps the teams build on their glory and all that kind of stuff so champions are champions for four years exactly. that's great that's so why we from. don't do a podcast every week no, as well as because we've got to keep that magic coming <laughs> in <the> second or third <laughs> what is your feel actually well my feel is I also I also disagree because I heard it on the news where they do want to change it up Every two years, okay. yeah. So I was actually very close because you know every four years you are like waiting and you see like the talent building like with Portugal even like four years ago compared to four years ago today. Let's say for example, it has improved. You know, like Bruno Fernandes just, just joined Man United. You look at the likes of Bernardo Silva, where he's increased over the four years. You look at Ronaldo, maybe might age for the next one, but I still think he'll be able to play. Um, Ruben Dias, we might see him in the next one year or two years moving to Premier League. Um, Joao Cancelo as well going to Man City so it's a lot of Portuguese players and then also like German players you can see how they're adapting getting back into their winning ways um, Netherlands also for example they also improved let's say for 10 year gap how Netherlands has improved in their 10 years obviously in their glory days but now they're coming back to their usual uh, ways um, but yeah I think it's bad to have it every two years because you know you need that space and you need to have that four years of of <laughs> bragging for example and yeah Absolutely. for the fans as well also for countries to build and rebuild in four in two years it might be harder to get that infrastructure for games and for certain events and certain this that that but anyway every two years is an honor absolutely <laughs> um, what you, they can do instead of having it every well i have it every four years but what they can do is add more teams i think that'll be a great to make the competition longer yeah longer longer and then also it gives other countries Exactly. And I mean, so we also have the Euros as well. Yeah. yeah. So that falls in the gap as well in between. Yeah, an African Cup of Nations. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's not a very uh, as popular as the World Cup and the Euros. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but I do believe that's also just down to the marketing they put behind it. They made a bigger half of that. Yeah, it's money. That's all yeah. it is. If they threw more money at it, it would be just as big yeah. as the World Cup. Yeah, for sure. Actually. Oh, yeah. So my next one, I wanted to say, who is your most overrated player and who is your most underrated player? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I can start. I know yeah, my please. most overrated player would be... Okay, I've got three. No, two. Two. Is Mesut Ozil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Google. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just used to wind me up that... Um, like, people used to think so greatly of him. To be honest, I haven't even seen him in the last two and a half years, really. Yeah. Um, the second one is Jesse Lingard. 
well, mostly everybody thinks he's overrated. Uh, I love the I love the guy. I think he did fantastic. He's been uh, 18 for the past. No, he's such a young talent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, he's kind of gone off the radar. Uh, I don't know if it's like a personal thing or um, whatnot, but I did see uh, Mr. Galim or Solskjaer or whatever you want to call him. The, yeah. Oli. Yeah, Oli. Shouting it in is like if you do that again, I'm going to take you off. So and the thing is, he wasn't transferred out, so I don't really see him playing all that much anymore, to be honest. Um, and yet he was such a, a bright star. So mm. and he's still rated so high. Yeah. If you go into FIFA, he's still rated about 18. Mad. Yeah. And uh, I don't understand for a guy that hasn't played. Same as Mizzet is also above 18. His stats, but I think it's his uh, marketing as well. Like he's selling the brand. And yeah. obviously on Instagram, there's a lot of followers. Obviously, people have that edge yeah. where they're bringing that higher card or whatever you say for stats. Yeah. Obviously, to improve his image and their image at the same time. I guess so. And yeah. mo- you get Mozart as well with Fortnite. That's <laughs> 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 the reason why I don't play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then underrated players. This, yeah. is, this is quite a time. Paul Jones. Yeah, his facial expressions. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's a play um, on time. <laughs> there's actually there's quite a few. Uh, if I go to Spurs now, the Salso, um, very underrated. Performing, Can, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that guy is is actually uh, both of them are going to be Spurs players, but I think Harry Winks as well. Yeah. Both of them are so understated, but yeah. yet their work rate on the field is second to none. I've never seen anybody really play. There are actually quite a few. Right, but those are the ones that stand out to me obviously being a Spurs fan and I'm just going to jump in there yes. Jay was saying to me that when he was in the UK he got to watch Spurs play Brighton it was on a boxing day mm. if I'm not mistaken when he won yeah, boxing day. 3-1, 2-1 2-1, 2-1 um, and the first thing that uh, you said to me when you came back was you can't believe in the stadium how much running Harry Winks was doing yeah, that game his work off the ball I've never seen a player move off the ball as much as he did he was wow. all over the place uh, when he was attacking, he was moving left to right, left to right. When defending, he was like one of the first ones back, and he was right in front of uh, Alderweireld and Tongan. And sure. I was like, "How is this guy?" Box doing to it? box. Yeah, uh, he did get subbed off in the 65th minute, um, but I, just purely that guy must have run like over 12k in that time in 60 minutes. So that oak was everywhere, and it's not just running aimlessly. He, yeah. he had a he had a plan, he had a job, and he was doing it. And I've, yeah. I've That's never amazing. seen a work rate off a ball as much as Harry Wings. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no problem. No, I love talking about that game. That was a fantastic. We came back because we were 1 0 down. That's right. Oh, no. That was a good game. So almost <laughs> depressing for us. Um, for, for myself, I'd say. Um, you mentioned the player just now, actually, most underrated for me. Yep. He's rated, but not a superstar. And I think it's because of the team he's in, and that's Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoy lately watching players what they are doing when they're not in possession and their team is attacking. So I'm watching what runs they are making there. Bernardo Silva is such a smart player. He makes late runs into the box, similar to Deli Ali. Um, in the same time, when they're building out from the back, yeah. he wants that ball and he's always looking for a pass. So Bernardo Silva definitely underrated. Um, sure. Overrated. <sighs> 
You know what? I'm going to say actually Carl Walker. There's a reason he's been left out of the City squad a couple of games. Not recently, but there is a reason. The only great attribute to Carl Walker is his pace. He's phenomenal with pace and his recovery is great. But his his position when he's defending is atrocious. And I think because he's in City and because he made a big money move, I mean, he had a great first season in City. They hyped him up. But I think there is better right backs out there. Definitely not from Spurs, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, but yeah, definitely I think he's my overrated player. What about you? Yeah, my most overrated player is a Liverpool player. Um, Please I say know. Pew, pew! <laughs> Shot fire! <laughs> um, I think uh, Andrew Gomes, or you know, the main centre back or the right back. Um, I think he's the most overrated player because I hear Liverpool fans comparing him to Rafael Varane. Players that been playing over the years. Now, the thing is, I just want to say this not to the fans, but people that don't know that. Um, I think with Varane, Varane's got a World Cup, he's got multiple Champions Leagues, multiple the Leagues, multiple this, multiple that. Gomes has just won a Champions League, so I think there's a, there's a gap. Um, but yeah, he's the most overrated. I don't think, I think my tip is one of the best center backs with Van Dijk at Liverpool at the moment. But yeah, that's my view, and my most underrated player. Is Danny Ings? I think Danny yeah, Ings. Danny Ings. Danny Ings. He's, yeah. he's been saving his team big time. You know, probably on the fantasy league, he's been giving a lot of guys a lot of points. <laughs> but I think Danny Ings is one of the best. You know, for Southampton, and he's maybe in the top six. You could say the best strikers in the league at the moment mm-hmm. with his form. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Can I tell you something very funny? What I did. Yeah. So do you know Shelby? Yeah, yeah John Joe Shelby. Yeah, yeah. So I put him into my fantasy league team because he was relatively cheap and he's been one of my. Well, he, <laughs> I think for almost three weeks in a row, he scored me almost 10 points every single wow. week. And I'm like, how is this even possible? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, then he has one bad week and he didn't play a game or so. So he lost the points and I sold him and he comes back and scores 15 points on, uh, on fantasy league and FIFA. And I was like, but that's like an underrated player. Like, I, I thought he was way past his sell by day. Yeah, especially when he gets a lot of yellow cards. As I remember, yeah. he, he stomped Deli Ali about three seasons back for the red card. Yeah, but he's old now, so he can't tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Lex Luthor? Yeah, no. it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy from X Men? What's his name? Doctor Xavier. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, actually, do you have anything else to add, boy? With the overrated or underrated? Um, no, just on your, your topics. I oh, my topics. Yeah, I got a bit of a. I, got a bit. <laughs> I think there's also one more topic. I know I'm bringing up a Liverpool player, but I think in terms of his form and statue and everything, he's one of the best. I think this is my main question Van Dyke or Sergio Ramos? <clears throat> if we're going to look at. Um, if we're going to look at stats and what they've achieved, obviously Ramos is going to take it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a centre back that scored more goals than him. And it's more decorated than him at the moment. Yeah. Um, say was that, he part of the World Cup team in 2010? Yes, yeah, for Spain. Yeah, yeah, he was. But uh, sure. he actually won a lot. He, he, two years, he, he, he's getting past it now, and um, I've never liked him personally, just because he's quite a dirty, underhanded player. <laughs> but a lot of centre backs are. Well, it's what makes him great. They've got to have that kind of attitude and character in order yeah. to be a great season. Exactly. And I think Liverpool fans will never say that Ramos is better than Van Dijk, and that's because he pulled down Santa so, and yeah. dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if we're talking about like all time, I'd yeah. go uh, definitely Ramos. But 
for the future, Van Dijk's got a massive future ahead yeah, of him. And I, I think just... he might overtake him. Um, it all depends. Do Liverpool keep him? Do they sell him two, yeah. three years down the line? So it all depends. I mean, where did he come from? Southampton. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Where where Liverpool get all the players from? It's the academy. <laughs> Where Potch made all the players and then sold all the players. Absolutely. <laughs> what, <are> you? <laughs> what do you reckon, Jack? Uh, no, it's a, it's one of those things like Van Dijk's still young and he's showing himself. Just uh, being able to be consistent. Yes, yeah. uh, Ramos has been consistent whilst for now ten years. This is Jeez, yeah. well over ten years, well over ten years. But uh, I remember that's why I asked about 2010 because I was like. I'm sure he played in that team and that if you don't remember Spain won that World Cup yeah. and it was one of their best yeah yeah I think sure. they that whole World Cup they only conceded about three goals two goals or something that's amazing. Amazing. in a whole World Cup that's insane that is insane so yeah uh, it's just one of those incredible things so I think Ramos has has, has set himself like sets a great standard and he's been in the game for many years and uh, he's coming I'm sure the end of his career is amongst us. Um, yeah. And there's Van Dijk. He's won the Champions League now. I'm pretty sure they're going to win the, the, Premier the Premier League this year, as much as it hurts me to say, because <laughs> where we live, every single sec- second guy is a Liverpool fan. All of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden. Status. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll just never hear the end of it. So, so yeah, I'm just looking at the stature. Ramos has got 94 career goals. Wow. As a defender. 708 games, 94 goals. I don't think there's some strikers at the moment that got those numbers. No, he's just amazing. Sure. One season he scored 11 goals. That was last season. <laughs> um, yeah, but remember, he takes all the penalties, eh? Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> the next Pinaldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know if most of you know. Uh, it's rhetorical because everyone knows. When did his career start? 05? I think maybe, yeah, 03, 04. Woohoo! Yeah. 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You think about it, he hasn't really had that many injuries. No, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. Like, he's constantly hitting a 30 game mark a season, which is, well, at least average. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's amazing. But, boys, we had transfer window closed last night. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's the, it's the summer transfer window. Uh, so, I'm just going to go through quickly the big, uh, the big clubs, the ins and outs, just in case some of you may have missed it. Uh, and you can rate who maybe had the best window. So I'm going to start with Arsenal. Uh, they got in two players, two defenders actually. Uh, Pablo Mari from uh, Flamengo. <laughs> Sorry, Socrates. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Pablo came in on loan uh, from Flamengo. Mm-hmm. And then as well as uh, Cedric Suarez from yeah. uh, Southampton. Which, you? you know what? I actually wanted Cedric Suarez. He's a good right back. Yeah, he but he is injured at the moment. Yeah. So okay. that is the state of Arsenal that they're buying injured players. I know we've done it. But, uh, yeah. But they are pretty desperate. And then some of their outs is Emil Smith uh, Rowe. He went to Huddersfield. Uh, Mavroponis went to uh, FC Nuremberg. She uh, says a couple of youth players here that I've never heard of uh, Ben Sheaf, Tyrese, John Jules. Um, so that's basically it for Arsenal. No real big outs there. Uh, let's have a look here. Oh, beautiful. Chelsea. They signed total of zero players. Yeah, they had the transfer ban lifted, so they could have bought players, but yeah. they did not. Um, some of the outs, Danny Drinkwater went to Aston Villa on loan. Um, 
he needs a game. He needs the game time. I don't think he's going to make it at Chelsea with Premier English or mates, anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so also Victor Moses went back to Inter on loan. That's uh, a good move. No, of course, Victor. Absolutely. Inter's got a good team. Oh man, of course they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they they really have. They've really up there. They bought a ton of players. They do. And then also a good couple of youth players: George Granza, George Mekum. Uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, surely that's a character from my god. <laughs> yo, yo, Charlie Brown, peanuts. <laughs> Charlie Brown has moved to Royal Union Saint-Julien. Oh, I did not butcher that name. Also on loan. Um, let's move across. Who have we got? Liverpool. Uh-huh. Takumi came through. Obviously, that was a bit of an earlier deal that happened. And Joe Hardy came in from Brentford. Uh, some of the outs, Herbie Kane, not to be mixed up with Harry Kane, went to Hull City on loan. Uh, Rion Brewster went to Swansea. Uh, Ellen Rodriguez de Souza went to Atletico Mineiro. Also, undisclosed amount, which basically means he got, they got nothing for him, in my opinion. Um, yeah, a good couple of youth players. And let's have a look here. Who have we got? Haha. This is quite an interesting one for me. Uh, Manchester United. That's a big one. Who did they get in? Of course, Bruno Fernandes. I think everyone wanted Bruno this season. For sure, they needed it. They yeah. needed him. And then I didn't know that that deal actually went through, but I see it did. Adrian Megalo, the former yes. what, was Watford. Yeah, he yeah, was Watford, a Watford yeah. striker. Him and Troy Deeney used to play up front together. Um, and he came through from the Chinese team, uh, Shanghai. Shenhua. He's on loan, eh? Uh, also on loan. Also That's on loan. right, yeah. Uh, there was two quite a, a big outs of United, which was Ashley Young. He went to Inter as well. We yeah. were just talking about them, and then Marcus Rojo. He also went out to. Uh, Estudiantes. Wow, I think I nailed that name perfectly. <laughs> um, Man City bought no one, eh? Yeah. Bought no one, but... We've got everyone. Our bench can win. Wow. The and then Angelino <laughs> went out, eh? Yeah. He went to Leipzig. Patrick Roberts. Also a decent little player that day. He's also just been on the brink of making it at City. I don't think... I think if you guys had less big star names, I think he would have made it because he's a decent player. Went yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Daniel Grimshaw also went out as well as Matt Smith and a couple of other youth players. And then let's go to Tottenham, which was an earlier deal, which was Michel Vorm. He came through before the transfer window opened because he was a free agent. Uh, Jetson Fernandes from Benfica came through on loan with the yeah, option to buy. And then we activated the clause in uh, Giovanni Lasalso's contract, so we bought him outright from Real Betis for 30 mil. And then Mr. Steven uh, Bergwin probably butchered the name as <laughs> from well. PSV. From PSV, yeah. I'm excited about him. Yeah. Uh, so, so good bars there. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Un, uh, unheard of real talents. Uh, they're good in their countries, but not across Europe. Yeah. Aren't well known yet. So yeah. I'm excited about those players. Um, and then some of the artists, Jack Clark, who we did buy last season, we just loaned him to QPR, which I believe that there's a good couple of QPR players that might be coming to top in the next window, which is interesting. Uh, Ericsson we spoke about went to Inter for only 16.9 mil but that was because his contract was running out yeah he waited until the next month and then he was done for free yeah Yeah. and then we got like four defenders out here Carl Walker Peters went to Southampton online good move for him he needs to play he needs to play Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers went to Luton Luton Mm -hmm. Town on loan 
And then, of course, Mr. Danny Danny Rose <laughs> into Newcastle, Toon Army. Uh, I don't know if you saw, and I don't know how true it is. He, he, he mentioned quite a while back in the interview when he was at Sunderland on loan. And you know, Sunderland and Newcastle big rivals. Yeah. They did never play for Newcastle and uh, yeah. trash and da 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 da. Did you his interview? And yeah. now he's there. Um, a typical football interview when you arrive at a club. Big club. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've <laughs> always had dreams of playing purely on the fan base. <laughs> it's a complete a copy paste. Thing. Yeah. I just wish it'd be a bit I more know, generic. It actually irritates me because <laughs> even like, the guys that come to Spurs, oh, yeah. what a great club with a great history. I've history supported them since I was 14 years old. <laughs> but you didn't know they existed when you were yeah. 14 years old. Let's yeah. just be honest. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, man. And then <laughs> another defender that went out, I'm sure Spurs fans will know him is Anthony Jorge. Mm-hmm. He normally plays left back, left wing back, went to Bolton, Kazai Sterling, Travis McGomey. A lot of youth players. Yeah. I see went out yesterday. So basically, that was the transfer window. It's hard to say who really had the best one because January is a hard market to buy in. Um, I'm sure United, as well as Spurs, wanted another striker, yeah. which we didn't get. Uh, Mourinho was saying, yes, he didn't want a striker just for loan for the next couple of months. He wants a striker that's going to be able to compete on a long term basis with Harry yeah. Kane. I know we even put in there, well, there was a rumor of Gareth Bale coming back. <laughs> But you see, like I said, I that shot that out every of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Since he left, he's always been coming home. He'll come back to Spurs probably as a manager when he's 60 years old. Yeah, yeah. Then stop playing golf. Um, There's no golf courses in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to have to play uh, Wii golf. <laughs> um, something I just wanted to mention to you guys. I don't know if you ever remember the, the transvestite scandal. What? Yes, you heard right. The transvestite scandal. What? <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about it quickly. So, I'm just reading from the article I saw yesterday. It says, I bet you didn't think something like this would appear online. But it's true. In 2008, the Brazil player, Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo, had the indiscretion of all indiscretions. He found himself in a room with three transvestite prostitutes. While some may shrug this off, others, including himself, <laughs> saw this as a huge stain on his image. Ronaldo claimed not to have known that the three prostitutes were transvestites until they got to their hotel room, where they then attempted to extort him for a large sum of money for their silence. Conversely, the transvestites claimed that he attempted to offer them money of his own accord and even threatened them. But no arrests were made, but it remains a huge controversy surrounding the famous player's career. I'm going to just be honest, I've never heard of that. That was 2008, so what's it? 12 years ago yeah. and it's Ronaldo it's not it's like it, yeah. I was just starting high school and that would have been my favorite high school boys definitely have been talking about that but I mean how mad is it and, and I'm actually surprised something like that doesn't happen more often and I'm not talking about transvestites I'm talking yeah. about uh, prostitutes because when these players go in prison and all of that they're going to get up to mischief and the extortion you'd think that there'd be more extortion happening and a lot of blackmail and things like that I remember Leicester City had an incident uh, where they went and a couple of the players got also caught with a little bit of a tape that they got leaked and same thing happened with uh, Delhi Ali and uh, yeah, Eric Dyer absolutely so and, uh, the Arsenal players <laughs> had the hippie crack and yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there are stuff Theo that Walcott and what's yeah. late yeah, there's quite wow. a few of these stories, but you, I'm surprised you don't hear them more often. Though. And I'm actually glad we don't, because yeah. it could tarnish a player's image, if he's innocent. Yeah. If he's innocent, let's just be honest. Same thing as well, it just destroys player morale as well, because they lose focus. they like, oh man, this is what's happening in my life. Yeah, and that's true. And then I focus on 
really is happening. But you do get kids and stuff coming out of the woodwork. And, oh yeah, Raheem so, Sterling. So it's like <laughs> it's like when uh, guys go for the Champions League final and they play it in a foreign country yeah. and celebrates if they win the trophy and then all of a sudden five years later there's like four kids coming out yeah, of that because they scored more goals than they scored that night <laughs> um, Jay yes. I, I know you've got quite an interesting story to tell everyone um, so I think it's about time we drop into this okay so I'm trying to see where I can start okay I'll start about the actual story about what happened here okay so I think it was the last year June July when Barcelona came Barcelona came to South Africa to play against Sundown. So a group of mates and I decided that we were going to go and watch this game. So very excited, whatnot. We parked our cars at one Fox Street, um, had a couple of beers at the brewery there, and we decided that uh, we were going to catch a little taxi. So we did. Uh, We got dropped off because we got all like uh, logged up and Truth be told, I ended up losing my mates on the way to the stadium. Um, but as I was like coming towards the stadium, I had these guys come and they wanted to take photos, and they were like, "I was like, cool, take photos. Everybody's happy." Um, then the guy's like, "I like your watch," so I said, "That's nice." And he's like, "Can I have it?" And I said, "No, you cannot." And then another guy came and he had like a knife in his hand and he said, "No, I want your cell phone." So I said, "What?" No. <laughs> so um, it actually landed up being quite an altercation. These guys tried to mug me, and I landed up myself landed up being chucked into a police van for 15 minutes because they thought I was attacking these men. Meanwhile, they were trying to rob me, and um, it was just a massive miscommunication because I had no idea what was going on. So yeah, because I landed up grabbing the one guy with the knife because that's like instinct, I guess. Correct. Yeah, to defend and, uh, yourself. Yeah, and I swung flat knocked him onto the ground and I turned for his mates and before I knew it it was all just a hash and a blur and I was chucked into the back of his van my phone was dead wow. yeah it was a mess okay, um, and we wondered why Jared didn't come to training that night <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well uh, luckily there was a cop with his head on his shoulders and realised what had happened so I was there for 15 minutes I went into the game I was 8 minutes and I don't know how it happened because they were undesignated seats so you bought a ticket for a zone and then yeah. you have to find Just find your own seat, yeah. And thank goodness I came in and I looked down and I saw my mates there. And then we managed to watch the game, which was a good game, yeah. uh, which was quite hectic. And then even so, like I, it was a very traumatic experience, but I wanted to watch the football. So I still went to watch the football. Wow. My phone was dead. like I just. And then on our way out, we experienced like a crowd stampede kind of thing, like just looting, I guess. And um, it's just, it was, it was a, one of the most pathetic displays of... Crowd control. Crowd control, and I'd also oh, say, like, in terms of humanity, like, uh, from fellow South Africans, I was very upset, very distraught. Um, it was something I was really looking forward to, and uh, it's, it's stories that you always hear about how successful the evening was, like, yeah, Barcelona was here, but you don't hear about the stuff that happens in the background. But now, when I was in the UK, things are a little bit different. Security is a lot tighter, everything's running correctly. Yeah. I went to the bathroom, came out the bathroom and made a wrong turn and started heading towards the, the Wayfat. And uh, the one of the what stewards stopped me, big yeah. guy with tattoos on his face, <laughs> and he says, um, he says to me, excuse me, Mr. Buckle, um, your stand's that way, you're headed in the wrong direction. But 
it wasn't just like he was like excuse me he knew my name <laughs> and where i needed to be and yeah. i was like what on earth and that just That's comes crazy. down to the security that they know they obviously it's like facial recognition uh, there's a big controversy happening with it now with yeah. people saying that it's like an invasion of privacy and things but it does help it's like it security does. you don't get any of those fights those big stadium brawls happening anymore because purely of the security and how seriously they take that kind of thing and yeah. people's safety and i was just aimlessly walking i could have walked straight into a horde of Brighton fans at that game. Imagine it was a Arsenal game. Yeah, I know exactly. That's wow. that's the thing. And luckily, Brighton they they generally quite chilled people from the south coast of England. Uh, but even so, like just the fact that he was like, sorry, and he, the way he did it was in such a polite way. He wasn't like, listen. You. But you felt that voice going. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I was just, when, he, when he said my name, I was like, what? <laughs> but um, that's the kind of thing that yeah. I think. South Africa could really implement um, um, and it's, 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 it's a big controversial thing because it is it's an invasion of privacy and uh, it doesn't happen at all stadiums I think it's just a, was a I think it's like a trial thing that's happening at Tottenham just to see if it works or it just happens in the case because when, when you scan your tickets it scans your face and your details and your details that. and yeah. stuff like that so it knows who you are um, you can buy tickets for people but I think they, they do that purely because of hooliganism from previous years so yeah. they can because they are stadium bands those guys can never go back to the stadium yeah. so it's just That's there true. to prevent those people from coming in and in that instance it just prevents me from walking into the wrong end <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I could just picture the security guard or whatever steward he was walking with his iPad and he scanned you and he's like Jared Buckle no they got the things <laughs> in their ears so they don't even, they're just getting told uh, even better than the guy sitting, he likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> he likes picnics, and he's walking to the wrong end. Yes. He's getting out of there. But, wow. yeah, that's but like I was saying, uh, the security at our stadium has been improved, especially for a game like that. Uh, I know it was a quickly organized game and stuff, but it could have been done differently. Yeah. Now, with your yeah. experience at that uh, Sundowns Barcelona game, when yeah. you attempted mugging, yes, brawl, yes. as well as um, a stampede at the end, yes. Would you go back to another game yes or no? Um, do you know what? I would, but we we had girls with us on that trip, and um, it was quite a scary thing for them. And uh, I wouldn't like the thing is I wouldn't be able to go to a stadium, take my little cousins, you know, or take my future child one day. If if that comes to going to a game like that and let my children see a Barcelona game, I will not take them to a big game like that in South Africa. Exactly. Match. It's fine if it's like a pre-season because those things are all uh, done up. But this was just like a normal ex- expedition match. It came up in yeah. like like a month. No time. Yeah, yeah, no time in there. Nothing was organized. It was just a mess. Um, yeah, it's not the kind of environment I want to be part of. Yeah. Um, I've been to games in Zambia. I've been to games in Zimbabwe. I've never experienced. I've been to tons of games in South Africa. I've never experienced a game like that before in my life. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I like the fact that you said you would go back. Um, I think it's more the thing of safety in numbers. You go with a group of friends. Yes. Um, yeah, and you know what? I, I've got a couple of uh, friends of mine that I know constantly go to Chiefs games and that week in and week out. Yeah, I love that. And the there, there, there's never a problem. Never yeah. a problem. And I understand it was an exhibition match, so maybe the thrill of seeing Messi, Suarez, all these guys, hype these guys up a lot. But in saying that, we need to better prepare 
for situations like this. You don't exactly. want to, the incident what happened with the, the Liverpool players, I think it was in 66 or whatever. Yeah. It was very incident. Yes, yes. You, you don't want scenarios like that. And I'm, I know in South Africa we've had our own stadium, um, what's the word, stampedes and that, where there's been lots of life and all yes, that. Yeah. Look, there's always going to be a chance for error with these kind of things. But as a civilian, when you go to these games, you want to feel safe. These things, if they're going to happen, they must happen completely freak out of nowhere and can't be like, well, that we saw coming kind of a thing. You want to go there and just have a good time and be like, well, there's police presence. We know yes, they're going to yes. act accordingly. And the other thing is, is like, what if I was a foreigner? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's tarnished yeah. your image now. Yeah, yeah like, uh, like if, if I had never been to South Africa, I came down, I was like, oh, wow, Barcelona, yeah, let's go and see. It must be quite special. Go there and then... I promise you now, if I wasn't South African, then yeah, I wouldn't give them, yeah, I would have given them my stuff because that's how. No, we know. Yeah. We, we brought up with. Unfortunately, yeah, we brought, brought up in their culture. That way, yeah. Yeah. And with the stampede and stuff, and I promise you now, if I wasn't, if I had to go to like somewhere in South America and that happened, I'll catch the first pull of flight out. Exactly. Know? Because that will be my full impression of the country. And I mean, that could happen anywhere. If we went yes. to Spain, for example, and we got caught in a riot like that. The same thing would happen. Our image of Spain would be out of that. Yes. Exactly. So you've got to do your best in whatever country you're of. Um, if you're hosting games, you've got to look after all of your fans, whether they're local, international, tourists, doesn't yes, matter. Yes. You've got to look after everyone and just give them peace of mind. That is what polices, polices, police, whatever the <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is what their job is at the end of the day. You're going to watch a football game, not to go and feel like you're surrounded by police in a prison cell, yes, yes, watching yes. gladiators fight. That's, that's why I was very impressed with every single game I've been to see um, in England, especially. Um, everything's been well controlled. I've had one instant where I was wearing a Tottenham shirt and a guy threw a milkshake at me. And that was about it. And and what flavour milkshake? Oh, and then in Belgium. I was in Ostend and I, I was wearing my, um, also a Tottenham shirt that I zipped my jacket when I got onto the train. And I must have had another... For those that don't know, Ostenders in Belgium. Yes, Ostenders in Belgium. Uh, my father used to live there. We had a couple of South African footballers that side uh, playing for them, uh, FC Ostend. And, but I was an Ostend fan, but I'm a bigger... I'm a massive Tottenham fan, <laughs> like massive. And Tottenham were playing Chelsea that day. We beat yeah. them 5-2, just saying. Uh, Boom! <laughs> it was New Year's Day. I'll never forget. <laughs> but uh, I was wearing my, my Tottenham shirts and my jacket. And I got on the train. It was quite hot, so I zipped my jacket. And I saw this guy. Like, I don't know what it was. He just looked at me. And I just saw his whole facial expression <laughs> change. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Excuse my language. And, yeah, it was it was one of the... He took me, bro, like, broken. I had to get off the train. It was, it was a very tense situation. And, obviously... I couldn't understand what he was saying. And I could see everybody in the train was looking at me. No other English. And I was by myself and I was like, sorry, I'm going to get off. <laughs> Zipped up my jacket and I was like, wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's crazy. But that's the thing, like, you do get hooliganism in certain areas, but the, that's the difference between uh, what we ex- what I experienced here in South Africa and what I experienced there. There it was like hooliganism. It was like yeah. fans, it wasn't like. It was because of the club you support. It was because of the club you support. It was like more like a passion yeah, yeah. thing. Here it was like it, it felt like blatant disregard for authority. Yeah, like it was yeah. just like um, you've got this. I'm going to take it because I can, or uh, we're going to start the stampede because 
we can't if that's you know true. what I mean like yeah. they, what's what's gonna stop us and that's that's what really I was just disappointed here you know there I was like okay I'm sorry like I stepped on toes like I was in their spot you know and all this yeah. but I mean yeah uh, could be handled differently yeah. Yeah. yeah and the guy could have thrown like a strawberry milkshake at me and not like a I don't know what it was it was like a Hong Kong <laughs> banana and there's a herd of laugh smoothie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at least I would have enjoyed the strawberry one <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so yeah it's one of those things I don't know what you guys think about like stadium security and things like that yeah for um, my feels with uh, security in general for South Africa football I think it's more t- closer to the night time as well like, yeah the night time yeah, that game was yeah. late dude. you only kicked off at yeah. I think night time I think if they could just push it earlier times because I know some of the some of the crowds they might be too full and this and that at night time they had too much to drink exactly and that's a point when it's night time that's when you'll see the people that are they drank too much or they you know they're looking for ways to make their means um, I think also maybe the area as well where they put the actual games and stuff I know that most of our stadiums are good they're beautiful but I think also the security like you said around the stadium to protect it just a bit more as well as they're actually preparing the transport for you in a convenient way so that you know like you said you, you went by yourself for a stage and then you got there and then obviously there's complications but i think security in general like with games and all that stuff it needs to be um, handled efficiently now that's cool um just to swing the boat a little bit uh, we did mention a while back that we had an interview with dr errol sweeney uh, scheduled for the 29th of january but unfortunately, because of my operation and uh, logistics, it became a bit of a nightmare. So we postponed that interview till sometime later in Feb, which is now today. Can you believe it? Wow. Pinch and a punch for the first of the month. <laughs> um, yeah, so once we get a confirmation date on that, we will be hosting that awesome, awesome uh, interview with Dr. Errol Sweeney. Yeah. Well-known South African little ex-referees he's yes. in the UK as well. A very controversial figure. Uh, I spoke to him one day on Facebook a little bit and I thought I was in the naughty corner because <laughs> I called something a rule and not a law and he called me out on that so wow. it's quite intense and he, and he knows his stuff but I think he's got some great stories to tell from what I've read so I'm very excited for that and we'd like you guys to call in live into that show and to please ask him questions and, and pick his brain the man's got a lot of knowledge up there and I think it'll be great to hear yeah. some of the stuff that happens behind the scenes with football games as well yeah, for sure so yeah, boys, thank you very much. I have one more thing. I want, yes. if whoever's listening to this, if you disagree with anything we say, please yeah. leave a comment at the bottom. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, we would love to hear back from you guys as well. Um, if you don't agree with us, we'd like to know. If you do agree with us, we'd also like to know. That's <laughs> exactly. Uh, the feedback. Yeah, yeah. We, we would love uh, love some feedback, especially if it's some yeah. criticism, because I know everything we say won't be agreeable with everybody absolutely uh, yeah so we would love to, to hear everybody's opinion yeah, yeah. just because we say it doesn't mean it's right exactly we, we often are wrong especially with facts like please yeah. call us out yeah, please call us out <laughs> yeah especially Ashton yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait and it's Tottenham and City tonight so yeah, it's tomorrow yes. night oh is it tomorrow night oh, oh. Oh. but still, still. <laughs> <laughs> what's your prediction there what's your prediction um, 3-1 win to Tottenham <laughs> wow, wow. I'm going guns blazing, I don't wow. care. I'm also going 3 1, but also unfortunately, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm backing City to beat us 3 1. No, I'm joking, I'm going to go crazy game 3 3. 3 3. 3 3. 3, three, 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 three. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I think maybe um, 2 0 no, to City. 
And Mourinho to throw a water bottle at someone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a fair bet. That's almost <laughs> guaranteed. Like, what are the odds on that? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah but we, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, we've got a couple of good players that are really, like, we've been showing yeah. up a little bit better yeah, over the last true. couple of weeks. There's a start to our um, football now. City are also on the up, that's what I'm very scared about. But I just feel that it's, it's a, like, I know um, it's been like a start and we've had players, and now this feels like an initial start, and if tomorrow, tomorrow goes yeah. well, um, I know it's going to be set. I think that's that's what I'm very excited about. I don't know why. I haven't felt like this this whole <laughs> season as yet. I you give me bad vibes. I know, but I, I, after <laughs> like I was on uh, Tottenham social media and it made me very excited because I just saw the excitement of even the ground stuff and stuff. And then little, you know those little uh, snippet videos yeah. that they do yeah. daily videos, and I I haven't seen like a an energy like that. Because Danny Rose is gone. No, not <laughs> no, we Danny Rose did fantastically well for us. He scored on his debut. We appreciate it. Against Arsenal. Yeah. Exactly. So he'll always be a legend in my eyes. I think yeah. he just needs a little bit more guidance and stuff. And uh, he's on loan, so I'm pretty sure he's going to come back anyway. Exactly. Come back to me soon. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have one more question. Um, obviously, Ashley, I'm good. United. What's your guys feel about? Wow, wow, what took it so long? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. I'm surprised he's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> they've got that, that youngster, what's his name, Brandon Williams? Yeah. That last? And yes. they've got Luke Shaw. Yeah, they didn't need Grandpa Ashley Young. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they needed something to tuck them into bed. Yeah, yeah. I think he was mainly there for experience and uh, to guard them. Yeah, because yeah. it, it was a very, like, United's defence were a very young defence, uh, apart from actually Young. I think he. So without Ashley Young, the group average probably would have been like 22 years old, but with him, it was like 45. And you soon into young, ironic. Ashley, not so young. <laughs> anyway, crazy. sorry, guys. No, 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 that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. Boys, it was lekker. Thank you for coming out to my humble abode today. It was lovely to have you guys here. It was good fun. It was good talking. Nice to hear Jared's stories as well as Ashton's pinpoint questions that really put me back a bit yeah, no, no. Uh, I'm wide awake I'm not going to be able to do much yeah <laughs> Joe, we hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to chatting to you guys soon once again that is us yeah thanks guys yes, uh, good luck Shane with your knee <laughs> <laughs>